0: Welcome back to Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scott Trout, here with my co-host, Joey. Heyo. We're very excited for today's episode. We have a good friend from Improv on with us today. And uh, before I get any further, let's do some introductions, starting with Irina.
1: Hi, I'm Marina. I'm a not believer in religions. Uh, Who is into believing in whatever suits you best?
0: Booyah. Thank you.
2: Joey? I'm jumping in. Okay, so I'm Joey. I am a believer of something that is totally not going to be a Christian, even though Scott is 100% going to try. (laughs)
0: And I'm Scott. I am a believer in Christianity, even though it's the 21st century, and uh, who is trying to figure out how Christians got such a bad rap recently. There it is. We're probably going to dive into that in this episode. So... uh, Also part of our opener, let's talk through our past week. We've got three adjectives we're going to keep coming to guests with. We've got something in the past week that was embarrassing, something in the past week that was infuriating, and something in the past week that was exciting. So, who would
2: like to take one and go first? Well, I have exciting, so I want to jump in first because not only did we just finish our last class we are also gonna have a show on the 3rd of july so i'm really excited to jump on stage and see what everyone's gonna do and how they are gonna perform that's right this
0: friday although when we release this episode
2: it might be like in august
0: so just know that we we had a show and we killed it
2: yeah we were awesome (laughs) arena was hilarious Like she shall like always, like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right, for me, uh, something embarrassing. So I got my first bike stolen and yeah, I'm becoming more (laughs) local. And, and so I got a new bike, which is a little bit bigger than the one I used to have. So for people out there, I'm very sure the 155 or five, two, um, for those who are not familiar with the metric system and, uh, um, and so I'm getting used to this new bike and I'm constantly, I'm very clumsy and I'm constantly struggling to get started or to break without losing my balance and ending up almost falling to the side each time. So that's my embarrassing story from last week, almost every day still happening. So there you go.
0: Uh, context to this story. Irene and I got dinner before an improv class and, um, We were walking to our bikes to head to class and uh i was like hey which one's yours and she's like oh yeah it's the kid bike and it was it looked like the tricycle you know extra wheels got just pulled off very small and she said something like yeah it looks like a kid's bike so no one's gonna want to steal it i was wrong (laughs) there's all sorts of
1: markets out there (laughs) which is sad
0: like why would they do that because it had like, did it have princess decal?
1: Uh, um, well, yeah. I mean, it, it had it was like purple with white, and it had like some like little hearts and flowers and stuff like that. It is very very childish. And then you had all of the accessories, you know, like the bags and the bell and everything was in purple, super girly. Um, yeah, it sucked. But so wow. sad the teenage version still purple and white um but it looks like it's a bigger girl (laughs) older girl
2: (laughs) you
0: grow up a little bit yeah moving up in the world uh for me this past week something that was infuriating um so on monday i got together with uh my buddy ben to watch a war movie it was one of those like Brianna was having a girl's night, and I was like, I should have a man's night. What are we gonna do? We gotta watch a war movie. And I had previously watched this YouTube video. that was like eight superb war movies that you didn't know existed. Or I don't know, something like that. And I was like, yes. Uh it was called The Siege of Jadotville or Jadotville or Yodaville. I don't really know how it's pronounced. Um, it was in the Congo. Uh, this like Irish peacekeeping UN troops were there and then they got surrounded by these mercenaries who were French and I was like, what? So it had like all the makings of a great movie, but then it was just like so ridiculous. This plane comes in and all the soldiers are just like in the street and he's like shooting from a plane and nobody gets killed. And I was like, what is happening? What is literally happening right now? Because that is not how human nature Works. Uh, And they were like surrounded by like 100 people. And it was like stormtrooper status. Like all the Irishmen were just killing left and right. And none of the bad guys could shoot a barn. Um, And so I was like, this, mm -mm, this isn't, this is not real. But then I read the review of this thing that actually happened. And literally nobody in the Irish troop died. So, like, (laughs) the movie was like, True to, to reality, I was just like, is the plane real? Because that could not have been real. It was crazy. They, like, shot down a, a helicopter. Guys fell out of the helicopter. And I cannot make
1: want to make a religious pun out of it. Probably they were Irish, they were very Catholic, and they kept praying God not to be killed.
0: <laughs> and that is proof that prayer works. They
1: got their miracle.
0: <laughs> That's why you got to do your Hail Marys. Catholics.
2: Guys, it's either that or the Irish were so drunk that they got hit, but they didn't feel it because of all the alcohol in their system, and they just went on. It also be
0: That was a major theme. They kept being like, we have no whiskey. How are we going to survive? And I was like, you guys are also running out of bullets, but...
2: Priorities, man.
0: Yikes. Well, there it is. Okay. So... On to the real reason we're here, <laughs> Irina. Yes. First and foremost, would you like to explain the situation behind your name and how I've butchered it? Butchered it for the past <laughs> eight months we've known each other.
1: Right. Well, it didn't really butcher it. It's just um, I find it's it's difficult for certain names to be pronounced. In foreign language or by someone who doesn't speak the same language as you, because there are just sounds that people cannot make or they really struggle. Um, so my name is a Russian name. Uh, I'm I'm Colombian though. Um, but so either Russians or, or Latinos, we pronounce the R, so we say Irina, and um, and then uh, in. Like, because of the way that it's written, it's I-R-I-N-A, then a lot of, well, most English speakers, native English speakers, they will look at that and they will pronounce Irina. So I'm fine with you pronouncing Irena, but you kept trying to make the effort to pronounce it like I do, and, and that's quite a challenge. <laughs> so for me, it's easier if you just say Irena instead as well, because I'm just more used to native english speakers saying that and yeah to clarify native english speakers are not just americans
0: <laughs> i appreciate that
1: <laughs> so it's australians scottish english canadians everyone whose mother tongue is english so
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> i think joey calls me irena right you yes name irena
2: yeah oh uh, i i just never tried that's the whole thing <laughs>
0: And I should have taken that route. <laughs> I was trying real hard. I was like, maybe if I just kinda, you know, speed my way through it, I'll <laughs> that'll get it.
2: You know, the old saying is practice makes perfect, but I already gave up from the beginning. I'm like, ah oh, no, I know a name and it works because I'm horrendous with names. <laughs> so once I'm down, I'm down. Don't don't change the winning team.
0: No, that's that's smart. I, I've had it. I had the Scott version in my head of me doing it correctly, (laughs) and I've been doing that. And then before this podcast, she's like, "You know, maybe just call me Irina." (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I just decided
1: to make your life easier (laughs) once.
0: Great. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, Okay, so this podcast is about between two worlds, as the name suggests. And the thought here is from my experience, I have friends who are religious, friends who are not religious, friends who are spiritual, not spiritual. Uh, and I really love talking with both sides. Um, but then what I've realized is that the, the potential two different sides don't often intermingle. They don't often chat about things with each other. And I'm kind of curious why that is. Uh, especially with, with spirituality, it's like there feels like there's a lot of barriers up to hearing people's stories and chatting about ideas. And um, and I think it's because it's too united to who we are. It's like a very deep part of who we are. So the hope is to interview people's stories and um, and then talk through some of the things they believe, some of the things they're still working out, looking into, and um, but for the two different communities to actually hear somebody on the other side and hear uh, how they're actually um, what they've gone through and that there's a lot more in between than having two different worlds would suggest. So that's why it's between two, two different worlds. So Irina, let's start off with, tell us where you're from and how did you end up here in Amsterdam? And then we'll move into your story of faith or unfaith, all
1: that good stuff. All right. So, um, uh, I'm from Colombia. I was born in Colombia, but um, I, fa- I come from a mixed family. So my mom is Colombian. Um, my dad is half Austrian, uh, raised in Austria until he was 12 years old. And then he moved to, to Venezuela and Colombia. That's where my parents met. Um, and I've been moving around since I was years old. So I've lived in Colombia, Venezuela, uh, US, Canada, Austria. France and now here in Amsterdam Um, uh, how so my experience with with religion my mom actually is a person who uh, has she for a long long time she was like 15 years old she was looking for a religion that would fit her I guess Um, so she experienced experimented a lot and she dragged my sister and me with her <laughs> so she comes from a catholic family as most uh, most latin americans usually are catholic uh, so my my colombian grandparents they were catholic um, and uh and at first uh she would join them in and going to church and so on and so forth, but later on, as she became a young adult, she started searching her own path, like late teenage year or adult. Um, so I remember when I was like three years old, she was an evangelist. So we would go to the evangelist church. I still remember some of those songs, and I always thought, like, oh God, I I remember having these thoughts already. I thinking like. What is this? These people are like way too out there. <laughs> so there would be a lot of singing and dancing around. And of course, I had also gone to the Catholic church with my grandparents. So it just felt so different. And while the Catholic church seemed really quiet and you know more peaceful, the other one felt like people were on drugs <laughs> or something. So I remember I already felt like I already didn't I didn't really like being there um but it, my mom would force me um when i was four we moved to venezuela and um in venezuela there is a lot of uh witchcraft going on so um, um yeah like uh not voodoo but still there's a lot of uh, you know magic stuff going on uh, witchcraft things um don't really know what sort of thing um, and so my mom started doing a lot of that, so she wouldn't necessarily do it herself, you would go to someone who would knew how to do it, and it was quite surprising because the whole country thrives with that. They even have like uh, three uh, not gods but deities, deities, is that the word. Um, so three people that they uh, worship. So one is this, um uh, it's a woman who is uh, what we call Criollos. It's someone who was born from Spanish parents during colonia, colonial times, but was born in Venezuela. Um, then there is a native, uh, native Indian um, guy. And then there is a, a black guy as well. So you would have kind of like the three races that were part of, of the country during colonial times. Um, and, and there is even a whole mountain in Venezuela where people during Easter, you know, or what we call Holy Week, they would go to that mountain to do rituals and all sorts of things. I remember going there when I was eight years old, my mother brought me. And, uh, and so I am very open to paranormal supernatural, you know, Santeria witchcraft sort of things. because. I saw things with my own eyes growing up. So you can tell me it was my imagination. It was just a dream, whatever it was. I know very well the things that I saw. I know how I felt and, and it was experiences like, yep, I definitely believe in all of this, you know? So for example, I remember sometimes we would be having um, bad luck with my parents after my mom was, had a job. My dad had his own business and sometimes the business was not making a lot of money. So we would go to like the woman that my mom used to go to and she would give us some ritual to do. Uh, And it was crazy, the kind of things that would happen. So like, for example, take a pumpkin and put it in a place where of the house where nobody really goes to. So we put it in a bathroom that we didn't use and uh, she said it should last seven days there and it will start rotting but if there's something somebody's doing witchcraft to you it's gonna rot before that and within three days this pumpkin was like we had had it for months it was with white uh, worms coming out it was absolutely rotten it's melt putrid it was it was just shocking to see that and and we bought it ourselves at the supermarket and i don't think she didn't give it to us so so there's there were a lot of things going on like that i also have like very very scary stories that later many years later i double checked with my sister and turns out we would see the same things but we were too afraid to talk about it <laughs> so afterwards we confirm and i remember that night I was sleeping together in the same bed with my- since we were teenagers and we're like oh my god you saw that too oh it's so scary uh so so yeah that definitely uh, marked uh um in my life um and so we lived in Venezuela for five years and during those five years my mom always was doing that but at the same time she didn't see it as a religion for herself or or as a practice for herself it's just that because in the country they do it so much that it was kind of like protection, you know, you had to keep an open mind and keep yourself protected because most likely somebody that was jealous or envious of you would be doing something. So you constantly had to be, you know, checking and wearing like uh, gold uh, protections and, and like gold uh, bracelets and things like that to protect yourself. So, Uh, Yeah, it was quite a crazy time, especially when you're a kid, and you get scared so easily. (laughs) Um, But then she went into um, Hinduism, Buddhism for a while, and then Hinduism as well. Buddhism didn't last very long, but we did learn about the religion. And then she went more into Hinduism. Uh, So she would take us to meditate with her, and uh, she found like uh, some person with follow um a guy named Sai Baba, so he was very famous for, for a while and well if you look for gurus there are tons of gurus you can even find documentaries on netflix uh like the guy from big or wild wild country things like that but it was never really i mean we were not that involved so we were not really part of a cult we would just go to this lady who would tell uh, help us meditate and and that was pretty much it But my mom always felt more, definitely more uh, pulled towards uh, Hinduism than any other of the things she tried out. So later on, we moved back to Colombia for a while and uh, she was still meditating. And then she started, um, she continued her her journey, but then she kind of stopped forcing it on us. So once we became teenagers, pretty much. You know, like she would still mention things, you know, like uh, uh, try meditating or, you know, do yoga, do this and that. Or um, um, a lot of emphasis as well around reincarnation, you know, or like good karma doing things so things don't get back at you and that sort of thing. Uh, for, for growth, for spiritual growth and for you to have a better life once you reincarnate and so on. But without really forcing it on us. And um, the thing that I liked the most was that at some point, you know, we had experimented so much around it that, you know, I'm very open minded to I believe in in fairies. I believe in magic and white and black magic. I believe uh, in part of me still believes in reincarnation, you know. I definitely believe a lot on, on like the Buddhism principles, you know, like in general, like don 't hurt other creatures and just live in peace and um, I spent one month in China, and it was so peaceful to go to the temples it was It was really, really beautiful and and I definitely felt kind of peace that I have never felt in in a Catholic church or or in a Christian church and so on um, so, so I'm quite open-minded. I consider myself more agnostic. I definitely believe in a higher power. Uh, I, you know, like for example, when I want something or need something, like I was looking for a new job. So I tell my mom to, to don't say pray, we say ask for it. And she asks to her guru. So after many, many years, she finally found uh, a guru is not alive anymore, but he wrote a massive book and that for her is like her Bible. She has read it many, many times over the past uh, 25 years, probably. And uh, and she follows her his teachings through the book, which is just like to really live in the present, to try to observe instead of just react immediately. Um, um, and be more accepting of the things that you cannot change, et cetera, et cetera. So whenever we we need something, let's say, she, she asks to her guru for it, you know? And if somebody, like, if they ask also that they need help with something, I will also kind of pray in my own way, you know? And I still refer to God as God. I'm just, you know, I grew up used to hearing that word so that's the one that i pray to my mom prays to nisargadatta that is the name of the guru and i can still say god because i don't really have like a name like a face or you know i don't think well he looks like this or he's this person or whatever right uh so yeah that's um, me and religion or beliefs
2: That's actually really interesting because I didn't know any of this about you so it's really cool to hear all the stories. Uh, The first thing that popped in my mind are there specific things that you still practice for yourself or did you all drop it when when you went to
1: Amsterdam? Um, No I mean well I've already been on my own for for many years uh, so not just to Amsterdam. (laughs) I haven't lived with my parents in a long, long time. So, um, and she doesn't push it onto me. Um, I meditate more in the, like fashionable way that people meditate nowadays, you know, like it has become very popular. So I use headspace and that sort of thing to do my 10 minutes a day. And, and that's pretty much it, but funny enough, my mom calls me my little guru. And the reason for that is because often when she is going through a really tough time or she's having a fight with my sister or my dad or whatever, um, she comes to me to get that external view on things. And she tells me that I am very, I basically it's assertiveness. I have just learned to be assertive, but, um, You know a lot of what she reads from her own guru it's it should be that you know it can easily be taken for assertiveness it's just like you know try not to change other people because you can't you only have control over yourself or uh stop not to stop ruminating so i think it's not so much linked to religion itself um So, no, I don't really think I I practice a lot of things. Although, yeah, there is something, for example, when I moved to this apartment. uh, So, so the apartment I've been living since 1st of August last year, which is an apartment I bought. And suddenly I started getting really bad luck. So, I moved here and I do have a lot of, you know, like superstitions and little rituals and things like that, that I do like from that bit more um, pagan, let's say, side uh so yeah i was having a lot of bad luck so then i texted my mom and my sister i was like oh my god i don't know what's happening i don't know if the the apartment has bad mojo what is going on so i immediately went to one of these places where they sell crystals and you know incense and all of that and i bought um uh sage and i got some some uh crystals and i cleaned the whole house with sage and then it was summer of course it was in august (laughs) and i went out left the stage burning and when i came it was everything was smoked Even my clean laundry was smoked and then four months later i was wearing some pants and my my colleague sitting next to me was just like something smells burning i'm like oh crap (laughs) just for still my pants so um so yeah i do enjoy those little more mystic uh little rituals although i don't practice them as much and uh if i get a chance every now and then to like get a tarot reading or something like that i do enjoy it i'm not gonna be like well the tarot says this astrologist is that so i'm gonna follow it exactly as it is but sometimes it's just like huh just kind of clarity or makes you decide what you really wanted you know So I don't take it very strictly.
0: Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that as well. Just how you've had such an interesting experience um, with different aspects of all these different religions. And so do you feel like as you navigate the world, it's more just what you find interesting? Um, So things like, yeah, tarot cards, like, like, oh, I'll look into this. this, this will be interesting. Um. <clears throat> or is it more yeah habit like I saw my mom do these things and it worked and therefore I do them um, yeah I'm still kind of just curious like you have all these things and then how does it inform how you operate in the world and um, it still seems like kind of a, a mixture of all of them
1: yeah so part of it it's it's habit because I grew up with it you know so it's like little traditions like people Still have cereal and milk for breakfast, you know, even though they're adults and they could make themselves a nice, you know, omelette or something <laughs> more elaborated and healthier. But because they grew up having it as kids, you know, it's familiar and, and it's comfortable. So for me, I would say part of it is it's familiar uh, and a comfort zone, let's say. Part is uh, I find it fun as well. know and that's why i said i don't really follow it like it's you know it's super strict and whatever it says is black or white and i have to follow it uh it's just sometimes out of curiosity out of fun um but if i had like if i have to make a big decision or something and still gonna have a tendency to go more towards that you know like i'm not a person who deals very well with uncertainty, and sometimes that gives me a little bit more of of clarity whether it is because I do believe that this is accurate, and it's really the way I have to go, the path I have to go, or because when they tell you what it is, you realize, okay, I actually want to do the opposite, so it just helps you decide what is it that you really want hmm.
0: and Do you feel like any of the um, uh, paranormal, the things you encountered in Venezuela, has has any of that carried over into your experience in Europe? Or do you feel like that was more geographically, like a lot more people believed in it, were doing witchcraft and therefore it was heavier there, or has certain things carried on to Europe?
1: No, it's definitely something that I have left behind in Venezuela and You know, in Colombia, there's a a bit of that as well, because it's basically a mix between what the natives used to believe, you know, with the mix of Catholicism when we were conquered, right, we were colonized. Uh, So I think that that's why those two things are so tied together, you know. Um, So here in Europe, you definitely don't see that. I mean, the maximum you see is things like Uh, tarot readings and so on and well i do have to say in france i would see it more i would often you often would get little papers in your mailboxes saying like uh, some from like some african you know door a good guy like mr i don't know Magu or whatever uh it can solve any you know love problem money problem anything you want he can solve that with uh, with some rituals and some magic um but that's that's again geographically because it's something that also happens a lot in africa you know you get that in the caribbean and in africa uh, most of those countries practice uh that sort of you know um, witchcraft or satiria or voodoo
2: it's actually funny because we also have a lot of like paranormal exhibits and whatever uh here in the netherlands even close to Amsterdam and even close to the city that I live in, there's a, once in so many months you get a flyer in your mail and it's like, hey, we have this paranormal uh, day and you can do like aura readings and tarot readings and whatever uh, at them. So it, it, I think it's becoming bigger here as well.
1: Yeah, but but still, people see it a bit more from you know from more of a fun, curious hippie sort of thing, rather than so hardcore as it is in Venezuela, because there is really a lifestyle, you know. Everybody, has, I mean, as soon as you get your, uh, if you get a newborn baby, they immediately give you, you know, the little gold necklace with all the the little things for protection and everything, so it's definitely more intense. Um, but I think that one of the things that have stuck with me the most is probably my love for horror movies. And, and my favorite type are usually related to paranormal stuff. And sometimes I do get very, very scared because they are related to things I experienced in my childhood. And then they freak me out, but I still like it. <laughs> But I think I try to stay away from that as well, because I do believe in it and it does scares me. it, it, it also, you know, it's like with the ocean, you shouldn't fear it, but you should respect it. <laughs> kind of the way I feel towards that. And I prefer not to involve myself in it because it's like playing with fire.
2: Yeah, I, I totally get that one. Like... I don't really get the Ouija board and I'm never going to play with it because there's so many stories that people are like, hey, by the way, this horror movie is based on things that might could have happened if you play with this as well. And when I was younger, uh, I told Scott this in another episode, is that I also was really deep into paranormal stuff. And we had crazy stories, even here in this city. Like we have a forest not far away. And at night, people could swear they, they see like flying cigarettes and just dark shadows in the, in the forest. And one day, me and my sort of like adopted sister went towards that forest at night. And all of a sudden, we just both got frightened. I was 12. This was an 18, 19-year-old woman, just strong on our feet. And she just said like, hey, dude, we're going back. Like, no matter what we're doing, we're not going to this forest. And we turned around and it was like wind carrying us, like you gotta go. So yeah,
1: funny enough, I have I remember my my grandma, my Colombian grandmother. Uh she used to tell us these stories that immediately would bring would give me goosebumps and would bring tears to my eyes. And um and she was from the countryside in Colombia, and so she had a lot of this like supposed urban legends but she had lived them you know like the things so she was very um she was a big believer of the uh, i have no idea how you call that in english but it's basically souls that are stuck in the purgatory right so in colombia people pray to the souls and um my grandmother she had this um believe that if you stayed up working very late they would come for you. And so she had stories she used to uh she used to be a seamstress and she used to one time she stayed working till 1 in the morning and suddenly she started hearing um carriages like horses in the street and she I mean this was when she was still young right and and she looked out the window And it was like people bringing someone to a cemetery. Like, you know, when they are carrying the coffin and everything. But this was 1 a.m. Everyone was dressed in black. The horses were black. You couldn't really see faces or anything. It just scared the hell out of her. And so I remember whenever I was doing homework, just like, I never wanted to stay past midnight. (laughs) I was always running. (laughs) <laughs> because it scared me so much to be able to see something I like actually did so yeah it's very interesting so yeah i'd rather not play with it you know let's not play with fire
0: <laughs> wow these are experiences that yeah i've not had much uh exposure with so this is really <laughs> fascinating um i've i just avoid it's interesting because i avoid horror movies joe i don't know if you i don't know if you enjoy them but Erin, you like have had these experiences, and yet you still really enjoy yeah. freaky paranormal. And I'm just like, nah, that's this scary. I don't want to watch it. It's so interesting. Yeah, you've like been more exposed, and yet more fascinated, maybe because yeah,
1: of definitely. Um.
0: Okay. So now, so you've told us maybe up to I think early adulthood. So let's talk about your experience. Um when you studied in America and your specific exposure to a more protestant Christian religion there and your study abroad, and what that did
1: yeah well um yeah so i was when I was fifteen i um I went to study to the uh, to Connecticut I was in a small town in Connecticut called New milford um and um I was in a homestay with a family where the guy was a recovering alcoholic. So he had, um, they had, so the lady was Irish. She was American. They were probably in their late forties. And uh, they had already had four children of their own, but they were already adults. The youngest one, I remember she was 24 years old by. So they were already quite, quite, um, yeah, let's say with their lives together and everything. Um, and, uh, they had adopted five kids.
0: On, on top of their four that they had.
1: Yeah. So the other four, they were already out of home, right? They were not helping them financially or anything. They were independent. Um, actually, I don't know, if maybe because of the story with the alcoholism or something but there were only only two of them lived close by so i only met two of them uh and uh, and i don't know if they were in touch with the other two or not but um yeah so at home there were five five kids with me they were um and there was one girl who was 13. one uh that was another girl that was 11, uh, then a boy who was 11, another girl who was seven and another girl who was six. Poor boy. <laughs> <laughs> right in a and there were all kids that came from a uh, drug, uh, drug addict or alcoholic parents, right? Wow. Take care of them um the oldest two girls were actually related they came from the same mother uh different father so um but yeah when i moved there well uh i had no idea that they were christians and by the way i do have that question for you because i don't know what exactly is your religion because christian is a very big umbrella Mm -hmm. and every time people ask me what kind of christian's where was my homestead family i have no idea
0: yeah <laughs>
1: um so uh yeah so when i arrived i arrived um i arrived to uh, on a monday i think it was so then they showed they were showing me the house around and they were you know like telling me the stories the kids were super excited especially the to a uh, smallest one and, um, and then I remember they told me something. I don't remember what it was, but they said something and my reaction was, oh my God. And the first thing they all turned and they told me, you can't say that. And I'm like, what? You can't say the name of the Lord in vain. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I already, I was... 15, I came from a very open family where my dad was teaching me to swear when I was already three years old (laughs) and and, like teaching me as a good Austrian, he was giving me sips of beer for me to see if I like beer or not at the age of three as well, you know, and I could watch everything I wanted on TV, you know, there were like, they, they didn't really have restrictions, you know, they were very open. To have conversations with us and so on so already that restriction of not even saying the word God was like oh and my English was not that good I mean that's the point of why I was there as well right um, to improve my English so um, so then I was like so what do I say and they were like oh my gosh you see that I'm like okay and then oh my gosh it is so that was the first shock. Then the second one comes when we go to sit at the table to have dinner and we have to say Grace. And they asked me Alex, because, yeah, for those of you who remember still the story about my name, when I arrived, they asked me, so how do you pronounce her name? I say Irina. They were like, what, Irina? What, Irina? Uh, do you have another name, Alexandra? Okay, we'll call you Alex. Is that Okay um sure (laughs) so my parents are very open but they always told me to be polite you know and to just like say yes a lot (laughs) um not to be rude or not to be a pain in the ass so so yeah so they're like Alex would you like to say grace and I'm like I don't even know what this means you know in English I'm like um uh what is that yeah would you like to like Hey, thank you to the Lord for our meal. And so, and I'm like, ah, so the 11 year old girl, Emily, she was like, I'll do it. So she did it. And then I was like, okay, paying attention in case, because it's like, okay, next time it's going to be me for sure. Oh, the stress. Um, shock number two was that. Shock number three came when it was time to go to bed. And they call us. It was summer. They call us at 9 p.m. And I'm like, Kids, come here. It's time to read the Bible. Like, what? (laughs) So then every night we had to read the Bible. And then they had like this book that was like Bible for kids or something. So it had a relatable story like in day-to-day life to passage of the Bible we had just read. And then we could go to bed. So, yeah, show number three then uh then they told me okay so we so we are you know we're christians and we like to go to church you know for the service and so on um you don't have to come with us every day but we'd like you tomorrow to join us so we can introduce you to our community and so on and so forth so it was like yeah no problem being polite is, is my parents taught me so uh the next day we went to the service it was from six to eight in the evening And uh, yeah, I went. It was okay. I mean, I had already been to a lot of things with my mom. So I was like, yeah, sure, I can do this, you know, from time to time. And so sometimes they would always ask me, do you want to come with us or not? Um, And and so sometimes I would say yes, you know, not to say no all the time, even though I really didn't want to go. (laughs) And, And other times I would say no. And then there was one time where uh, they went without me. And they, when they arrived, I was in the kitchen making a snack. And unfortunately, the kids ran into the living room way too fast because we were not allowed, one of the many shocks, I lost count already. We were not allowed to watch anything besides Disney Channel. And for a 15-year-old who grew up with no restrictions, I remember, like, even the horror movies my dad used to, you know, like, write for himself, he would leave them an extra day so I would could watch them during the daylight so I wouldn't get so scared. So they allowed me watching everything. So I was watching whatever I wanted. But then they rushed into the living room and I couldn't help it. So they arrived and it was like the cartoons when there's a line of people running, one of them stops and then the other one stopped crashing onto the front one. <laughs> it happened when the boy, and it had to be precisely the boy, the 11 year old boy, comes to the living room and there is a Victoria's Secret commercial that moment with the angels and their wings and their push-up bras. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was a disaster. So the mom screamed at me, what on earth are you watching? And after that, it was not anymore. Alex, do you want to come with us or not? It was, Alex, get in the car. We're going to church.
0: <laughs> Man.
1: And the, 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 the thing is that they were really intense. So they would not miss anything that was happening in that church. So there were services on Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Then on Wednesdays, the kids had Bible study from 7 to 9 to 9 p.m., where they would also make me go. Then on Fridays, there was the youth group from 7 to 9 and then Sunday, the la- day of the Lord, was the la- day when I was in hell. From a.m. <laughs> to 1 p.m. And then they would go to the short version again from 6 to 8. Wow. So my Sundays were church, 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 church for five hours, then come home, eat something quickly, do my homework, and then rush back to um, church. Wow. It was a nightmare. And we were also not allowed to, you know, like they had uh, some some games on the computer. We were not allowed to play anything that was with any shooting whatsoever. Anything that had something slightly violent was completely forbidden. Uh, music, they could only listen to. Um, uh, Christian rock, still remember the song that the boy used to play over and over again. Um...
0: What, and, what song yeah, was it sorry what song was it
1: something from ac ac i remember A-C-D-C. A-C-D-C. you know it oh yeah so jesus freak yes that's, that's the song <laughs> yes i still remember it very well um so yeah sometimes i remember one time we were we were going to another town for for dinner and so we were in the car and, we were, and they were like, oh, let's play a game. So it was like, oh, let's play to guess the song. And then I kept trying to <laughs> make them guess like songs that were popular in the radio at the moment. And then the mother was just like, Alex, they're never going le- to guess those songs. They're not allowed to, watch, to listen to normal radio. It's like, oh,
0: God. <laughs>
1: yeah. Am I? Yeah.
0: And then you you kind of had to escape or something
1: right yeah so i was supposed to stay there for one year uh, my sister came to visit me because she was living in in montreal canada so my sister came to visit me for one weekend my parents kind of asked her to check on me to see how things were really um how bad they were and um and then uh she came and she for a weekend and she saw indeed it was uh, so the girl the 11 year old girl she was uh yeah she had mental problems so she's like she would suffer from adhd and uh, and she would just have these massive episodes every two three days um so she she throw a tantrum while my sister was there and she even took one of these fuchi balls You know, like these bowls that are knitted and inside they have marbles. you remember those? So uh, she threw one of those from across the room and hit me on my shoulder with it and hurt like hell. hell. And my sister immediately, like in two jumps, she picked her up from her pajamas and lifted up. And she's like, you touch my sister again, I'm going to kill you. So she went running to the parents, and of course they thought we were possessed or something. So then oh, it was Sunday, and they made my sister come to church with us as well, <sighs> because our souls needed to be saved. Clearly, uh, so after that, my sister, yeah, talked to my parents, was she's like, "Yeah, we cannot keep her there." Uh, so I, uh, I was supposed to stay one year. I stayed six months, and then I moved to Canada with my sister instead. Mm. Yeah.
0: But you lasted six months, which that's pretty impressive. Wow. A lot to unpack there. That's quite interesting. (laughs) Um, And so you have no recollection of what denomination they were, um, specific things that they believed in? No,
1: I remember like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, there were no images. You know, in the church, there were no images. It was a pastor who was married. There was a lot of singing around. And you know, like, Did they
0: have um, musical instruments with their yeah. singing? Okay. Because yeah. there's and, some uh, denominations some that them, just do acapella. Sorry? Some, some denominations just do acapella. So that would help uh, narrow it in.
1: No, but, no. They had they had their little, like, rock band and everything. Okay. <laughs> from from you know like the teenagers or young adults that they had in the group and um, and yeah some people sound seemed like they were possessed like I remember there was there was a couple I remember the lady kept walking on her sh- chair the whole ceremony so she would also go to the one five hours one and during those five hours she wouldn't stop rocking on her chair and saying hallelujah hallelujah Jesus hallelujah and the, her husband would keep saying the same thing, but standing up with his arms up, you know, like rocking from one side to the other. And it's like, my God, it's like five (laughs) hours of this. This is something wrong with them. (laughs) They're on drugs or something. They stand like that for five hours.
0: Wow. Yeah, it sounds Pentecostal. It sounds like, were they talking about the Holy Spirit a lot? And yeah big on worship i don't know no,
1: I anyway don't know, but, but anyways it was uh, it was one of those dang yeah. yeah and um, yeah that was my story man at least
0: um okay so we're we're nearing the end of our first episode we're gonna jump back on here in a little bit and just go in a round of discussing things that were brought up questions even things Irina, for, for us, questions you might have for me, especially just you've, you've mentioned, and Joey's done this before too, they're like, I think he said something like, what kind of Christian are you? What type of yeah. Christian? So yeah, we can go into that. Um, so before we wrap up this first episode, let's all do a round of something that we are curious to find out more about in our second episode, things we'd like to discuss.
2: Oh, I am definitely down to ask you, Scott, what you think about all the paranormal stuff. Oh. Like, how, how do you think about that? Um, and, and specifically, is, that the, is is there a belief or is there a non-belief in that? Or is it in your head connected to God or anything else? So that's what I'm going to ask in part two. Hmm. Cool. That sounds
1: good. Uh, on my side, I would like to ask you, Scott, uh, what I, if you have had friends or, or family members that are quite fanatic, like my, the family I describe, um, and what are your views on that?
0: Hmm. Cool. Uh, and then I'd be curious. Well, yeah, so some of the things that I've written down kind of prior to was what is your perception of christianity based on the christians you've interacted with although i could kind of connect some of the dots it's not a great picture <laughs> um <laughs> yeah because i'm kind of curious like in your mind what would and Joe yours as well what would be the acceptable types of christians and then the not acceptable types um <clears throat> So maybe we've gotten a good example of a little bit over the top. And so then what would be like, what are worthwhile things within Christianity? Or do you kind of just blanket across the board say this, this is dangerous or it's oppressive, or it's just like ridiculous. Um, so I'd be curious, cause you even mentioned like you still call God, God. And so, yeah, things like that. Like what, what do you still hold on to from mm-hmm. Christianity or that kind of thing? Um, And I'm also kind of curious about the Bible, both for, for both of you guys. Uh, it seems like there's how Christians act. And then there's like what the Bible tells us to do or how to act. And sometimes those can be very different representations. And so then it's hard to say like, is this actually Christianity or is this like their brand of it? They kind of deviated in some sort of way. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of curious to hear, like, what your thoughts on the Bible and all that good stuff. Um, Sounds okay. good. Well, thanks for listening to part one with Arena, our friend from Improv, soon to be amazing participant of the show this Friday. If we get a chance to release this in the next two days, come and see us July 3rd at the Craya Cafe gonna be awesome
2: (laughs) (laughs) even though this is again probably gonna be released in august
0: (laughs) you've been listening to between two worlds a podcast about belief unbelief and everything in between take a look at the next episode for a little back and forth on some ideas see ya